You're listening to Show Me Your Assets. I'm your host, Dottie Dynamo, burlesque dancer and stripper turned personal trainer. This show is about sexy work, fitness, money, and everything in between. You'll learn how to train smarter, navigate body image in an industry that centers your looks, manage your money, and prioritize self-care and recovery so you can avoid burning out over and over again. While I have your attention, you should know I have the tendency to cuss like a sailor. So if you're in mixed company, grab your headphones because there's no telling what I might say. Hello, 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 my sexy friends. We are diving into the topic of taxes today and specifically, guys, I suck at words, some tips for making tax time easier. And you might be wondering, like, what the fuck, Dottie? It is September. Why are we talking about taxes? You're getting my anxiety to a level 10 and it's not even time yet. But there is a reason. And that is because today, as I'm recording this, it is September 12th. And that means that in three days, one day after this podcast episode will air, your Q3 quarterly tax payment will be due. So if you aren't paying quarterly taxes, this episode will sort of break down a little bit about why you should. And if you are already paying your quarterly taxes, we're still going to talk about some tips to make that a little bit easier for you and some things to clear out some of the stress and the mental confusion and the why is this so complicated thing. Because at the end of the day, taxes themselves, the process of collecting all of the information that you need is relatively simple. Now, Filing your taxes, on the other hand, is relatively complicated, and I 1,000% recommend that you are hiring a professional and not DIYing it. And that is because you, as an independent contractor, as a freelancer, as a sex worker, are a small business, and small business taxes are just more complicated. There are a lot of... um, tax laws that are applied. There's a lot of ways in which your adjusted gross income is calculated and how that all works. That is honestly more complicated than even I would want to deal with. And as someone who did the TurboTax route for years and had no clue what they were doing, followed the prompts, would be like, oh shit, I can't pay that much, would go back and adjust my numbers. Yep, I'm putting this out there. For the world to know. Sorry, IRS. Thankfully, it has been more than enough years since I made those mistakes that I don't believe I can get audited for it anymore. Um, And then I would rearrange those numbers until I could afford the tax payment. We don't want to be doing that, okay? We should know throughout the year how much we're going to owe in taxes. And there are a couple ways to do that. So before I get ahead of myself, like I always do, let's just dive into some tips to help make tax time easier for you. And if you aren't already paying quarterly taxes, you can sort of start putting this information together for yourself for doing Q4 payments, or also just take the notes, save the episode, and prepare yourself when January hits for getting a running start on next year's taxes. So first and foremost, one the top tip I have, tip absolute number one. I don't have a number of them yet. We're going to figure out how many I have total as we go through. 
Tip number one is you have to stop blending your personal and work purchases. If you are currently buying your materials for work from your personal bank account, I think you already know how much of a clusterfuck that is come tax time when you are going through endless pages of transactions trying to figure out what was for work and what was personal. Or if you're me, you would go back through like Amazon purchases that were all made from the same bank account and try to figure out like, oh, well, those were stripper heels I bought. So that was clearly for work. Oh, that was a corset. So that was a burlesque purchase and trying to decipher my work purchases from my personal purchases. And it added so much time to the process and it made it so frustrating and so daunting. So of course I would keep putting it off until the last minute. So you want to stop blending your personal and your business related purchases. And this ties into tip number two, which is to have a personal checking account and a business checking account. Or if you don't want to open like a separate checking account, which on you should, I'm just going to stop full stop. You need a business checking account. Okay. It doesn't have to be a business account that you open with a business EIN. It can literally just be a separate checking account that you open that you call your business checking account. And all of your purchases for work should be coming from that. They should be tied to that debit card. If you'd prefer to just have a credit card that you use that is for business purchases, do it that way. That's fine. But I would still pay that credit card statement from your business checking account. Okay, we want to stop blending all of our money together. This is de facto the top reason why your finances are a dumpster fire of a mess. I apologize if you can hear all of the traffic in the background. If you don't already know, I am back living in Brooklyn for the month of September, possibly October. And so I am parked on the side of a street and it's New York City. There's a lot of traffic. So if you hear buzzing in the background as I record this, you're just getting like van life reality up in up in your ears right now. But yeah, de facto, number one, the reason why your finances are a dumpster fire, why tax time is so stressful, and why you put it off forever or you seem really overwhelmed with it is most likely because you are still mixing and blending all of your money together. And we really, really, really want to move away from that as much as possible. So tip number three is to also have an account for your tax payments and have an account for, right? We have an account for our now our business checking account. You're also going to want to have an account that is like your tax payments are being put into, that you're setting aside the amount that you are withholding from your business revenue that will go towards your future estimated quarterly tax payments. Those were a lot of words. And by doing this, right, by having this separate account that you're transferring this percentage of money into for your tax payments, you are, one, stopping yourself from accidentally spending that money, which leaves you in the position that I was in years ago when I was like, you know, deciphering numbers on TurboTax so I could come up with a number that I could afford to pay because I didn't have the money that I was supposed to have to pay my taxes. One, because I wasn't paying quarterly taxes. And two, because I was spending money that wasn't mine. You 
are likely doing this right now. And it's, and if you're doing it, there's no shame in it, right? No one has taught you this up until this point. And that is exactly the purpose of this podcast is I want to help move you all into a better financial position, help you operate like the boss bitch business owners that I know that you are, right? You're entrepreneurs at heart. You just haven't been given this information yet. So we want to really clean up our finances. We want to set forth on the path to a better financial future for ourselves. And it really starts with just cleaning up your work and your business money. So again, having that separate account that you are moving your tax payments into. And if you're really not sure how much money you should be setting aside for tax, how to be getting all of these accounts started, if you, if that process itself is just feeling really dumb founding and like overwhelming. I am opening up eight spots for financial power hour calls in October. But the kicker here is you have to be on the mind your money email list in order to be able to sign up for one. I'm only offering them through my email list. They will not, the openings will not be posted on my Instagram once it's available. I won't be mentioning it again on here in October, like maybe once just to let you know. But if you are interested in doing one of those calls, it's a 90-minute call with me to sit down and sort of talk about your finances, figure out what you need to tackle first, and coming up with a plan to do that. And to get on that email list, you just need to go to my Instagram, at Dottie Dynamo, click the link in the bio, and you'll see the Mind Your Money email list newsletter set up. And I'll also put it in the show notes so that you can link to it directly from where you're listening. So again, right, step one was to stop blending your personal and work purchases. Step two, which ties into step one, is to make sure you have a personal checking account and a business checking account, or at least a credit card that you're using for business purchases. But I would err against that if you don't have a really solid finance regime, that is not the word, Um, a really strong relationship with your finances and are good at paying off a credit card in full every month, then I would not even go near a credit card, okay? We don't want you to build up debt. We want you just to have a way to keep these transactions separated. Tip number three was to make sure that you also have an account that you are putting your tax payments into on their own. Nothing goes into that account, but the percentage of money that you are setting aside for taxes. Okay. That's it. That's all that goes in there. Step number four, which honestly should probably be step number one, is that you have to be tracking your income after work. If you are still a little bit newer to the industry or maybe you have another job so you don't track this income because it is sort of like your extra cash to do whatever you want with, I want you to still get into the habit of tracking your income after work, after a burlesque gig, after a go-go gig, after a client, after um, a week's worth of income on an online site, after every shift at the club. You need to be coming home, writing down one, how much money you made, and then from there, right, how much money of that, how much of that portion needs to go to your taxes, What percentage of that needs to be set aside for business expenses, like buying new outfits, buying shoes, um, maybe getting massages, taking pole classes, getting costumes made, whatever is involved in your 
expenses, right? Because all of ours are a little different based on the line of work that we are in in this industry. You have to be tracking that. Okay. It's not just, this is how much money I made tonight. Like, did you have to tip anybody out? Was there a house fee? Um, like how, if it was a burlesque gig, what was your base play? Plus what was your tips? Keeping track of all of these numbers is honestly, it is the, it is the step one. Um, we have to be tracking all of this for us to then have separate accounts to put these money in these, these monies, this income into so that we can then have a personal checking account and a business account and a tax payment account. So the more hands on you are with your finances, the better it will be over time. And I know for some people, just the thought of being hands on with your finances, it is what brings up anxiety. And I really urge you to start to think about where that's coming from. Is it something from your childhood where your parents really hands off with their money? And so you're not even sure how to be hands on, uh, were you drilled in really strongly about money, but somehow a fear of messing it up is what brings you anxiety? I want you to start to really get clear. If you're having anxiety around money, what is it stemming from? Because most of the time there is something from the way we were raised, from the way we heard money talk talked about, from how we even value our own self-worth, where that anxiety is stemming from. So start to think about that. Okay. We also need to know, right? Step whatever. I think we're on step maybe five. Maybe some, is somebody keeping count? Let me know. Send me a voice message. How many tips were there total when we're done with this? So we want to be paying our estimated tax payments. The reason for this is because you are self-employed, no one is taking tax out of your income throughout the year. And the IRS wants that money throughout the year. They don't want you to just pay at the end of the year. They want to be getting their portion of your money. They want their house fees, okay? The IRS wants their house fees throughout the year the same way your club or whoever wants their portion of their money before you leave for work for the night, okay? So we have to be paying our estimated tax payments. There are four of them for throughout the year, right? There's a Q1, a Q2, a Q3, and a Q4. They are not equal quarters. They're just called quarterly payments because there are four of them. In the event that you are not paying your estimated tax payments, there is a penalty for that. You will pay a penalty. The percentage is based on the total amount that you end up owing plus how late you are. So if you haven't paid any quarterly tax payments all year, your penalty will be higher than let's say someone who paid three of them and then totally spaced on one of their payments. Or let's say they were making their estimated quarterly payments, but were late a little bit. They'll pay a penalty based on how late they were for one of those payments. So yes, even if you are paying your estimated quarterly payments, it's very important that you pay them by the due date. If you realize you have missed one, pay it as soon as possible. Do not wait for the next quarterly payment to come up because the later that payment is, the bigger the penalty will be for paying it late. If you end up underpaying, 
there will be a penalty for that. So it's really important that you get into the process of paying your estimated tax payments. And I know your next question likely is, how do I figure out how much I owe? How do I know how much I owe in this estimated quarterly tax payment? There are two sort of rules of thumb here. The first one is you can look at what you owed in tax last year on your tax return, assuming you have already been paying taxes. I hope you're already paying your taxes. So you will look at your previous year's tax return. You're going to take the amount that you owed and you're either going to pay 100% or 110% of that number. So you're going to add 10% into that. You'll divide that number by four and just pay four equal payments throughout the year if you are pretty sure that your income is going to stay the same. And that's kind of hard in this industry, right? Our income fluctuates. There's really no guarantee to know if you're going to make the same amount next year as you did this year. There's just not. We don't have a steady paycheck. You may make under. You may make way more. So the second option for doing this is doing it in real time, is paying your estimated quarterly tax payment literally based on the amount of money you made in that quarter. But of course, in order to be to do that, you have to be tracking your income. Once again, why that should have been tip one. You have to be tracking your income and you have to be tracking your expenses. So having accurate and up-to-date records of your money on the business side of things is the only way to really know how much money you're going to owe in that quarterly tax payment. You can do this by hand. You can use a spreadsheet. I recommend a two-part method, and that is not only keeping track of it yourself, but using a program like QuickBooks Self-Employed. There are other ones out there. I use QuickBooks Self-Employed. It's, I think, $15 or $18 a month. Please keep in mind, that is a write-off. You can write off the cost of QuickBooks. So don't fail to use it simply because you have to pay for it. Know that that is a business expense. And then QuickBooks, if you link it to your business account, right, because we need to have that business checking account, if you link it to that account, it will track how much money you're depositing, how much money is going out, and it will start to formulate quarterly tax payments for you. You can then compare what it is saying you owe versus what you have calculated. And if there is a difference, like maybe pay something in the middle to know that you are likely hitting that quarterly tax payment and not underpaying. So there's also this thing called a safe harbor rule. And that means that if you, by, by the time Q4 rolls around, which is your, would be your last quarterly payment, which is what we think of as tax day, if at that point you have paid 90% of what you owe in taxes, then there will be no penalty. So even if you've underpaid, if you've paid 90%, they're not going to charge you a penalty. So it's always better to err on the side of overpaying and don't like extremely overpay, but like overpay just a little. Like if you've noticed QuickBooks is lower than what you've calculated, maybe go in the middle, assuming that that might be an overpayment because you'll get back the remaining money. But if it's just a little bit of difference, that also means your last payment would just be smaller. So again, right, these are all things that should help make your taxes easier. And it just means we're not waiting until the end of the year to sit down with a pile of papers, a pile of receipts, 
um, our bank accounts open, our Amazon purchases open, our Venmo open. We want to be doing this throughout the year. We want to stop blending our money. We want to make sure we have an account for setting aside taxes. We want to make sure we are accurately tracking our income and our expenses. And of course, paying those estimated tax payments. So that is it. Those are our tips, my tips for you for making tax times easier. And a quick reminder, again, your Q3 payment. So are we, is it Q3? Oh, Q2. Guys, math is hard. One, two, yeah, Q3. Your quarterly tax payment, your third one of the year, is due on September 15th. That is, if you are listening to this on the day that the podcast airs, tomorrow. If you're not and you haven't paid it yet, pay your quarterly tax payment today, right when you're done. In fact, pause this, go pay it go pay it and come back and listen to the last 20 seconds of the episode. Also, second reminder, I am opening up those eight spots for financial power hours only to the email list. So if you are not on the Mind Your Money email list and you are interested in sitting down on a 90-minute call with me to talk about money, maybe how to start tracking your income, we'll pick one possibly two areas of your finances that you want to dive deep into, and we'll spend that time working on them together. You can find that link at my bio and Instagram at Dottie Dynamo, and I will also tag it in the show notes so you can simply click on it. If you have been following along, if this episode was helpful for you, please, I would love it if you would leave a review for the podcast. I know that they're on... On Apple, right, you just go to your Apple podcast. There is a section where you can leave a review, leave a review there. It helps the podcast get more views. It shows up closer in search results. And since I do not monetize this podcast and I don't plan on monetizing this podcast, reviews are your way of giving back to me so that I don't have to monetize. It would really mean the world to me. And again, if you've been listening long, if you have a question, if you would like to add a thought, if you're listening on Anchor or Spotify, there is a way to leave me a voice message, and I would love to hear those as well. That's all I have for you. Stay sexy. Make money.